My dear knowledge seeking listener, welcome to the Learning Lights podcast. This is your host Shafali Anand. Today I intend to do things the regular way. I know that it is customary to identify, define and describe the topics that you'd be talking about in a podcast. And so, I'll dedicate this episode to telling you what instructional design is. But I'd like to begin by reminding you that even if you've never heard of this term before, you are already acquainted with instructional design. There is a possibility that my assertion might sound untrue to you. But I'm confident, very confident, that you are indeed acquainted with it. Even though you don't recognize it as instructional design. You already know this lovely discipline, like you know the old couple that you meet and greet at your morning walks, or the way you are aware of the pretty girl or the handsome hunk that you see at your gym, but you never talk to, or the pups on the street outside your house, you recognize them, but you don't know their habits and their personalities. So here are two situations that are plucked from my own past, which I think you'll find quite familiar. Think about it for a moment. When you were little and your mom wanted you to learn something new, how would she go about it? I remember my mom teaching me English. She would make me practice the spellings and the meanings of 10 words each day. Each day, she would keep increasing the complexity of the words that she was making me learn and gradually, even without my noticing, my words became more complex. So, in those days, I would learn the words and my mom would keep the score. And at the end of the week, if I had hit the magic number, she would give me a comic book. The gist of the whole learning experience for the 8-year-old me was that if I did well, I would get comic books, which I just loved. At that time, neither my mom nor I had any idea that my mom was using operant conditioning to manipulate my behavior. And truthfully, I was quite happy with the whole setup. Here's the second example. But for a moment, I request you, to reflect upon your last experience of uh, going to a place that you didn't know anything about, to a new place, and then asking for directions. So, uh, you know, how when you're looking for an address and you ask someone, they either give you very clear directions or they don't. And when they don't, it is not because they are on a deliberate mission to misguide you or because they have been sent to earth by the devil to make you angry and open the portals of hell for you. No, sometimes people don't give you the right directions because they can't, because they don't know how to. I recently had the opportunity to witness both the misguiding and the guiding angels. I had to go to a nursery to pick up some potted plants. So uh, when I asked the first man whom I met, I asked him for directions. He was a pizza delivery guy and he confused the hell out of me. I ended up in a place about two miles from my real destination, a place I really had absolutely no intention of visiting. There, I saw an auto rickshaw driver who was having his lunch with a food vendor. I asked him for the directions to the nursery and to my heart's delight, he gave me instructions so precise that for a moment I thought the guy must have been a military. Here's how he went. He asked me if I knew where the sign temple was. I nodded. After confirming that, he asked me to go to the sign temple 
and then take a right turn on the first road after the temple. Then he told me that I should go straight until I came to a second crossing. From there, I should take a left and then I'll come across a school at my left again. And opposite the school was the place I needed to visit. Do you see what is happening in both scenarios? A mother who knows her daughter's current skill levels and her likes and dislikes, she structures a learning experience for her daughter quite intuitively. The mother here is making learning effective for her audience. An auto rickshaw driver determines his audience's existing knowledge of the area and provides a clear step-by-step -step process of reaching the destination. The auto rickshaw driver is making learning effective for his audience. Without being conscious of the fact, both are designing instruction for their audience. In other words, they are doing instructional design. You see, you've seen instructional design. You are acquainted with instructional design, even though you probably never identified it as instructional design. But of course, as it always happens, there's a catch. Instructional design doesn't remain so simple when your audience comprises a group, comprises people you know nothing of, comprises people with different levels of prior knowledge on a subject. It is also not simple when the content must move through different complexity levels, when it requires higher degree of cognitive processing, when it is made of complex structures and processes. And it becomes really complex when the learning isn't happening through one-to-one -one personal interaction, as was the case in the two scenarios we discussed, but when it is happening through different learning mediums, such as online, blended, mobile, even classroom, and is being distributed to many learners who differ from one another in a lot of different ways. Then, to ensure that learning remains effective, we must use instructional design, or the learning experience will certainly flounder. However, when we use instructional design, it transforms the content creation and the delivery process for even the most complex learning scenarios. It makes it all so delightfully simple. You see, when content must be designed and developed for different audiences and decisions must be taken about the different learning mediums, then we need tested methods that are based on theories and models developed over decades, even centuries. Instructional design provides us not just with the popular theories and the time-tested models that simplify the whole content creation process, but it also ensures that learning remains effective despite the constraints. Now you know what instructional design is. Without the frills, it is a discipline that makes learning effective. That is all for today. But before I say goodbye, here is something that I'd like you to do. When you come across any communication, any conversation that results in a transfer of learning, look for the hidden face of instructional design. Smile at it and say hello. Now you know it by its name and you know what it does. So connect with it. You never know what lies ahead for both of you. That is all for today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe to it or follow it on a podcasting app of your choice. Find the links in the description box. If you leave a thought-provoking voice comment on anchor.fm slash learninglights, I'll take it up in one of the future episodes. I also invite you to explore the world of instructional design and creativity 
at creativeagni.com. And if you'd like to spin away into another unlearning podcast of mine, check out The Spinning Top. Thank you and have a great, inspiring day ahead.